You're listening to the Conscious Pharmacist Podcast, a show for pharmacist healthcare providers who have answered the call to practicing on purpose. Now, here's your host, internationally recognized HIV pharmacist, author, speaker, patient advocate, and president of MishRx Pharmacist Consulting Services, and your Conscious Pharmacist, Michelle Sherman. You're listening to the Pharmacy Podcast Network. This is Michelle Sherman, president of MishRx Pharmacist Consulting Services and the host of the Conscious Pharmacist Podcast. Welcome to this week's episode, which is an episode in our Unconscious, a healthcare system on life support series. This episode is quite personal to me because it's an odyssey that I encountered with my mother. And um, the title of this week's show is 911, a 14-hour ED odyssey. A couple of weeks ago, my mom was not feeling all that great. Um, she had some pain and abdominal pain, and, you know, this went on for a while. Anyway, she called me one evening and said that it feels like an appendicitis. She has this pain on her right side. It's not feeling good. Should she call 911? So I told her, you know, a few things that she could try to do. This was at 8 o'clock at night. Try to do a few things. Maybe it's some gas from gas and bloating. Take some something for that, which she did, and, you know, checked in with her an hour later, around about 9 o'clock, and she was, she was doing a little bit better. Um, At about 10.45, she called me and said that, you know, the pain hasn't resolved and she's really concerned. She was going to call 911. So I said, okay, call 911 and call me as soon as the paramedics arrive. So at 11 p.m., she called um, the paramedics who, who arrived and assessed her and evaluated her, did all her vitals. And it was decided because of this this pain she was having to take her to the ER. Well, the city where my mom lives, there's a hospital with an emergency room like less than a mile away. And, you know, I had suggested that they take her right there, which they could not do because the emergency room was full at 11 o'clock on a Tuesday evening. Anyway, um, they took her to the next available hospital, which was closer to where I live, further from where she lives. But, okay, I told her I'd meet her in the emergency room. So got up, went to the emergency room where I met my mom. When I arrived, she was sitting in the emergency room waiting room um, in one of those, you know, wheelchairs that they take you out of the ambulance with and – um, I tried to assess the situation. Um, they'd done her vitals. They'd taken her blood pressure and some information, and now we had to wait. The waiting room there also was full. My mom and some other people who had arrived by ambulance, other people walking in. And this is where our odyssey began. People, there were nurses in the in, in the in the waiting room who were taking information from people walking through the door. Um, nurses came around and checked her vitals and ch- checked this and that. When we inquired about how long it would be f- before she'd seen, they said, quote, unquote, soon. 
um, nurses came around and, you know, kept checking everything. And they, somebody would come out from the back from the ER exam side and call people's names, which seemed really concerning to me is like just calling out people or coming up to people and discussing their health issues in this waiting room where everybody could hear, you know, being a healthcare provider and where HIPAA is top of mind, this seemed like a little untoward, like discussing everybody's health conditions in front of literally everybody else in the waiting room. But whatever, you know, this transpired. The next thing, a nurse came out and told my mother, we're taking you for a CAT scan. So there was one doctor in this entire emergency room, um, very elusive. Nobody could get near, obviously. We were just sitting in the waiting room. And they schlepped my mother off for a CAT scan, an abdominal CAT scan. Came back, you know, about 20, 30 minutes later, and we were told to wait. The next thing, they came back. This is a few hours later, left her off and did a chest x-ray. So somebody, the doctor, who nobody has seen or heard of, is must be ordering these um, tests. Come back. A few hours later, a nurse comes, rechecks her blood pressure, her vitals, whatnot. And then a few hours later, you know, we check, is anything happening oh we're just still waiting for a room um and then they do blood work on on my mom anyway um it's now like three four o'clock in the morning um we're exhausted nobody's come around nurses a bunch of them really young running around completely ignoring patients as they walk up and down past them not asking anybody how are they doing? Can they get them anything? I mean, it was freezing in there. Eventually, we had to ask for blankets for my mom, which they then went and got. But nobody stopped. They were literally walking past patients in the hallway without even acknowledging like they were there. Kind of like they worked at Ikea and were work, walking past a row of couches or furniture that had to be constructed. One of the most distressing things to me was, you know, at about like 1 a.m. or so, they brought in a young girl, maybe in her late 20s, early 30s, who was literally sitting in that wheelchair crying and writhing in agony. The paramedics dumped her off, left her alone, and everybody disappeared. I mean, she was writhing in agony sitting by us. Eventually, I got up and went to one of the nurses who was sitting near the front, you know, the entrance to the emergency room. And I said, can somebody, like, take a little bit of notice of, of this young woman who's literally writhing in pain and agony? Can somebody, like, do something? And they said, we'll be right there. And then they proceeded to continue with their personal conversation. Anyway, it was ex extremely distressing. Um, lots of parents bringing in tiny little kids who were, had high fevers and things. And they did take those patients in, the, the young kids, first. Oh, my God. It wasn't until, I don't know, 5.30, quarter to 6 in the morning, a room finally came available for my mom. 
the patient who got a room before my mom was an elderly woman who had literally been there before we got there to the emergency room, having a hypertensive crisis. So her like blood pressure was her systolic because you know there didn't seem to be any like HIPAA issues with with the staff there, um, and everybody was sitting right there. Her systolic blood pressure was you know over a you know nearly two hundred. And they kept, they brought her medication and things like that, but no doctor, no doctor whatsoever. Finally, finally, we got into a room in the emergency room at about 5.45 a.m. And then I said, well, when are we going to see the doctor? Oh, well, the night doctor's leaving, the day doctor's coming. So he has to evaluate all the charts of all you know, all these patients that are in like over 25 or so rooms in the emergency room. So we now had to start again with a new doctor. And, you know, I was getting extremely aggravated. My mother's blood pressure was going up and she was exhausted. I mean, can you imagine having sick people coming into the emergency room and being left to sit all night and nobody take notice of them because the nurses that were milling about were much more concerned about their breaks, their lunches, their dinners, and their very private conversations about, you know, bullshit that you talk about that is inappropriate for a work environment where people are massively in distress, people are sick, their loved ones are with them trying to get answers, and nobody's taking care of them. Anyway, um, they ordered an abdominal x-ray and then, you know, the, um, the doctor still didn't come in, but then ordered an MRI of my mother's abdomen where they then slept her off for an hour to do the MRI. Eventually, you know, hours later, the, the, the doctor came in and said that my mother has a kidney stone and then they noticed some other things. So that's why they ordered the MRI, the MRI. And on and on and on. Anyway, this was a 14-hour odyssey from the time my mother arrived at the emergency room till the time we were finally discharged to leave was a 14-hour odyssey. At the end of just before her discharge, we were sitting out. My mom's room was outside the nurse's station. And I, I was so distressed. I think my blood pressure was reaching a hypertensive crisis level. All these nurses were sitting outside there talking their mundane bullshit about their private lives and all the things they're doing. And some of them actually mocking and making jokes of some of the patients that were in the room. For example, they were talking about an elderly woman who had dementia who kept coming out of her room and deciding whether they should just lock her in there to stop her from leaving instead of like taking care of her. Very distressing. You know, for a healthcare provider whose ethos is empathy, compassion, love, and kindness, this was very distressing. Anyway, they decided that my mom had this kidney stone, gave her meds that were going to help and everything like that, and sent the prescriptions to the pharmacy. And then as we were leaving, you know, the doctor also told us, you know, he noticed some cysts on some of her internal organs and these need to be addressed and follow up with the gastroenterologist, blah, 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 whatever. Um, we 
then said, you know, we'll be discharged, waiting for everything, you know, from them. That was like another whole process. The inefficiencies and the gaps in the system were so evident that it was making me kind of crazy. Like, okay, we can be discharged. Nobody came in. A nurse didn't come back. I helped my mother go to the bathroom, get dressed. Eventually, I walked out of there and said, like, is there some kind of process for the discharge? Do you do something? Do you have to wheel her out? Or can we just, like, walk out the freaking door? Oh, we could just walk out the freaking door, which we proceeded to do. I was able to go and get her prescriptions filled at, you know, um, one of the pharmacies where I know the pharmacist and that was easy peasy process while I was gone and, and walked into the pharmacy. My mom sat in the car waiting. And during that time, the doctor from the emergency room had t- called her to tell her they found lesions on basically all her organs. When he told her this news, we were convinced that um, literally she had weeks to live and she was going to die. I mean, he just called and said this over the phone. Thank God. Um, her primary care physician got all the things and there was really no additional crises or follow-up that needed to do. I took her home, she relaxed, and thank God she passed the kidney stone the very next day without too much pain and stress. But this 14 freaking hour odyssey in the emergency room was completely unacceptable for patients to endure and go through. When people are coming in sick, they have to be there sitting there and their loved ones sitting with them all night. I mean, by the time I eventually got back after this 14-hour odyssey, I felt sick. So what burden and what stress does this put on our systems? Is it because, and we all know how short-staffed and everything is, and, you know, the nurses kept apologizing apologizing how short-staffed they are, but there were so many nurses running around, but only one doctor in the emergency room. Uh, we We need to change our system. Our system is completely unconscious, fragmented, and broken on life support. No wonder our society is so sick and getting sicker. We need a new system, and we need it now, because this is just, you know, unacceptable. This was a 14-hour odyssey in one emergency room, and I know some other emergency rooms, the waits are 24 hours. What kind of care are we providing our providers? I do have to make mention of one thing. The only time that we got attention, and this happened twice, once in the waiting room, and then before we left the thing, somebody came round to demand the copay, the $90 copay for this visit. And I basically told them, you have to send her a bill. My mother came like in an ambulance. She called 911. Getting a credit card and uh, money to pay a copay was not top of mind. We like, this was an emergency. We like called 911. So trying to get the money and the copay was top of mind of, you know, uh, like multiple people in that emergency room. Told them to send a bill. When they send the bill, the copay will be paid. So we... Our system is unconscious. This was a personal 14-hour odyssey nightmare that I went through with my mother. My mother kept saying she felt so bad for keeping me awake and making me come with her. And I told her, just forget about it. Like, I am not leaving you for like one half a second. 
I mean, can you imagine all these people that are coming into the emergency room on their own without a, a loved one or somebody to support to, like, demand things or find out what's going on? This is how people die. What are we going to do as a healthcare system, as pharmacists and healthcare providers? What can we do to affect change in this unconscious, broken healthcare system that we do that makes people go bankrupt, that costs more and more money, that puts every single one of our lives on the ticker tape of Wall Street and nothing else, where everything's only about profits and money and nothing is about the health and well-being of ourselves, our loved ones, and our societies. What are you going to do to take this healthcare system that's currently unconscious and on life support, make it conscious, put it back together, and create a different system that we can all be healthy and thrive with? Remember, be the change. Thanks for listening to the Conscious Pharmacist podcast. We hope you subscribe to our podcast so you never miss an episode. If you miss something, you can listen again or just read the transcript of the show on our website at mishrxconsulting.com forward slash podcasts. If you have a spare minute, don't forget to give us a review or rating on iTunes. Remember to practice on purpose. You're a rock star pharmacist and healthcare provider. And in the words of Mahatma Gandhi, be the change you wish to see in the world. The Conscious Pharmacist podcast is a production of MishRx Pharmacist Consulting Services, your HIV pharmacist and pharmacy experts.